Raptors fans, we're back with maybe the most depressed episode we've ever had. The Raptors had a two and three week. Ben, I've never seen you more miserable myself. I don't know if I've ever been more miserable. I don't even need to ask how you're doing. I can see. Should we just dive right into these games? Well, first off, I'm going to give a little context on my end here. I didn't have a lot of time to watch the Raptors this week. I did not end up just sitting on my couch watching Raptors games every night. And I plowed through four games earlier today. It was the most depressing four hours of my life just watching those games. That was, it's, it, was it was tough, a tough way to start the Sunday. <laughs> it's rainy outside, just watching Raptors garbage basketball. You know, most of the time I enjoy doing this podcast, Aaron, but, but this week it feels like work. <laughs> it's not always fun. It's not no. always fun. We soldier on. Yep. So they kicked off the week Sunday evening with a win against the Chicago Bulls. Fred Van Vliet made his return from his back injury. Looked fantastic. Played amazing. They beat the Bulls at home. And the Bulls rested Zach Levine in this game. So, you know, nice win for the Raptors. Very competitive game. Very close. Very hard fought. Uh, very up and down, a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> then on Monday night in Chicago, the Raptors lost 97 to 111. Zach Levine did play. The Raptors did not play nearly as well. They got soundly beaten this one, only scoring 97. The Bulls are not a great defensive team. Just rough on offense. And that is going to be, I think, one of the themes of this week is just very very rough on offense and you can't even blame it on the shooting the shooting hasn't been great but they've had some decent shooting games anything you want to say about the the bulls games before we move on yeah i mean the bulls games like the bulls are a solid team and so going yeah, one one against the bulls especially without siakam you know that's fine. that's nothing that's to fine. scoff at yeah. the second game no one besides freddie really showed up on offense and you know if I think we saw this week that people sliding up in responsibility on offense. These players are really not equipped to handle that. Uh, Scotty Barnes has not <laughs> had a breakout so far this season on offense. He's he's not been great. He's he, he has a few nice plays here and there, but just cannot consistently carry the load on offense. So it really has been all OG and Freddie, and pr- primarily Freddie when he's in the game. But I think OG's been a nice secondary player so far. I think he's played pretty well by and large. Um, but yeah, like he can't create his own shot. He, he needs someone to feed him and be a secondary guy. And so Fred being that primary star, you know, we, we've seen how that goes. It's, it's not, it's not going to lead to great offense. <laughs> yes. And we've seen how it goes when there's no Freddie as well. And it's somehow even worse. Yeah. But I like how they guarded DeRozan. I thought that their doubles of DeRozan in, in this yeah. little series against the Bulls was very effective. They just basically took him out of the game and yeah. dared the Chicago Bulls, who are outside of Zach Levine, I would say reluctant three-point shooters, to take a lot of long jump shots. And they didn't want to do that. And yeah, I thought it was a good game plan that made sense for the Raptors and they ex- executed it well. So yeah. That was not. Uh, that like part was nice. Wise, it gave them a chance. It gave them a chance, especially in the second game where there nothing was going well on offense. I thought yeah. their their schemes were smart. At least we'll yeah. take that silver lining. Then Wednesday, the Raptors at home beat the Houston Rockets one sixteen to one hundred nine. Very close game. 
this was like this was a 50 50 game truly the raptors ended up winning it but uh they were not they did not look better than the houston rockets i'll say that they did not look better not not impressive (laughs) the houston rockets are two and ten to start the season pretty much as bad as the lakers at the bottom of the barrel in the west and you know this is a team that we should be running over and it it was very much a close battle (laughs) like yeah they uh, shot 25 percent from three and the raptors shot 35 percent from three probably the difference in this one and yeah and when you're not sort of resoundly beating the Raptors, or sorry, when you're not resoundly beating the Rockets at home, when you only have one player injured, uh, it's certainly worrying. Like the, no one, no team in the NBA is terrible like they have been in the previous years. But this Rockets team, I think you would put among sort of the terrible teams. But yeah, they're they're pretty close to being. They might be the worst team in the league. And uh, yeah, gotta say though, Tari Eason, you know, aesthetically not the most pleasing player. Definitely but, not. He he actually seems very Raptors esque. I'm surprised yeah, the Ra- if the Raptors very, had the 18th pick or whatever, they probably would have drafted Terry Eason. He's like Precious Achua, but like more of a small forward than yeah. a center. Yeah, yeah. He had finished the game with five steals, five assists, 14 points, and six boards on and five, five of 15 of, shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, not efficient, but but fun, exciting. Uh, he's yeah. aggressive. He's aggressive, yeah. and like like Precious. He's he's willing to make mistakes and just keep battling. Let's talk about Precious this game because, you know, only played 12 minutes here, got hurt late in the game. Yeah, a devastating injury. This is when you sprain your ankle, there's the inversion sprain, which is what usually what people call rolling an ankle and sort of the outside edge of your ankle rolls over. Those tendons and ligaments get stretched out, need some time to heal and repair. Precious was doing a bit of a Euro step and went a little bit too far and did the opposite of that where you go on the inside and the ligaments and tendons there just don't stretch. They break. And they said that he's going to be out indefinitely. And it, I think I heard that the, there are some completely torn ligaments there on that inside. And this is a fairly rare injury. Uh, usually if, if that happens, like, I don't know, but I think he could be out for the season. This this is like a really devastating injury. Um, anytime you say they say someone is out indefinitely with something like this, you know, they, they, they don't even know the extent of the damage yet, or at least they haven't said so publicly. But very worried about Precious for this season. This is a uh, extremely unfortunate for him and the Raptors. Yeah, and he had a tough start to the season, but I'm, he's a player that we were both pretty optimistic about yeah. for his growth he's this been playing year and really well recently. You know, and yeah, know, the shot, the jump shot wasn't falling, but he was doing a lot of other good things. And yeah, yeah. I hate to lose a young guy like this. And hopefully, you know, he just can thinking make a full for recovery for the big picture. If he if he misses this season, you know, like he's extension eligible this off season. You know what what goes on that way you know uh, you feel for the guy that's going to end up costing him a lot of money it's a huge yeah and it's a huge growth year as well like he you know he's solidified his position on this team getting consistent minutes and then all of a sudden boom and like you know these injuries players i don't know for this injury specifically but with serious injuries it's always takes players a while to bounce back he's a player that very much relies on his athleticism 
if that doesn't fully recover, you know, it, you, you see so often players that just are never the same after their injuries and really, really hope that he can fully recover from this because he's a fun player to watch when he's cooking. He is. Yeah. He was very like, <laughs> in some ways has defined sort of what this Raptors era is in terms of his play style, like athletic long, doesn't have a great feel, doesn't have a great touch, can't score Chaotic. efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chaotic is a great way to describe it um yeah so very very disappointing for that christian coloco i think had his worst game this season he played 14 minutes and got five fouls which is becoming a worrying trend for him and uh Fred i think christian coloco has been in foul trouble in every single game he is the third or fourth highest foul rate in the league and you know he's struggling to stay on the court we're starting to see some of the limitations of Christian Cloco. I think defensively yeah. he's he's usually in pretty good position and he's mobile. Like I like the long-term fit there. Yeah. But he does have a tendency to get caught fouling. And also offensively, he's, he's giving you zero. almost nothing. He's... If he can't dunk that ball, it's not going in the net. And even even then he gets blocked. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has zero, zero like finesse or, you know. Yeah, very very little feel on the offensive end, and which is you can see that for a lot of the Raptors guys, uh, even the ones that are good on offense. This game, Freddie took twenty six shots, seven to sixteen from three. Really, you know, controlled <laughs> the offense for the Raptors and did just enough to get the win. Uh, OG was stellar this game as well, but uh, yeah, this was this was bittersweet because of Precious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll take the dub, but. Let's move on to two games that felt extremely, extremely depressing for the Raptors. So the Raptors had a back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Indiana Pacers, two teams that going into the season, by all accounts, were supposed to be leading the tank race for Wembenyama. And, you know, both of them are kind of failing at that. I got to say, like, yeah, not they're, great they're, starts to the season for They're tanking. surprisingly competent. OKC by being good on defense and Indiana by being really good on offense. And yeah. And Shy has had a tremendous start to the season. He's been phenomenal. He, yeah. He looks like he's probably almost a lock for the all-star game at this point, the way he's playing. If, if the like, season ended, he would be maybe second team all NBA right now. Yeah. He, so, he's yeah. just... He doesn't look like the fastest player, but he gets to the rim so effortlessly. Like he moves at his own pace, and but he's just always under control, elite at finishing. Like he's a good shooter now. He just Great like passer. he has a complete package on offense. Yeah, yeah. He's putting more effort in on defense. Yeah, he he is a budding superstar in this league, and very uh, high on Team Canada because of him. Like he is a superstar that you could get the ball to and and make things happen. Which yeah. I don't think I don't know if Team Canada had that after Jamal Murray's injury, but yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully Jamal Murray and him can form a dynamic duo in the backcourt. Yeah, but yeah, game, we got we got cooked against the Thunder. Yeah. It was just a bloodbath. Like, Final score was one thirty two to one thirteen. Uh, the Thunder pretty much controlled the whole, the whole way and just kept pulling away. They were. In the first quarter, the Raptors, I thought, fought pretty hard and there was a lot of transition, but the Thunder worked hard. They got back when they turned the ball over. The Raptors have been turning over all these teams a lot. It's just that even with the transition points, the, the half-court offense is so terrible. They still are in, are in close games or just losing. And 
you know, the Thunder just as a, as a team beat the Raptors. Like Shade didn't have one of his better games. Obviously, the Raptors are trying to get the ball out of his hands and whatnot, but the Thunder had their role players playing well and they hit a bunch of threes. You know, Poku looks like a real player. He was he can kind of defend the rim now. And he, you know, can move the ball a little bit. I don't know. I'm just shocked. Like Poku has been getting like 30 plus minutes a game for the Thunder. He, he's, he's a real player now, and which is I never thought I'd say that after seeing him play the first two years. But Poku's good. Is he good? I good seems like an overstatement. He he might good be an on this NBA team. player now. He might he, be he, an NBA player now. He has Let's earned his minutes on this away. team. He has earned his minutes on this team for this season. I. I need to see more from Poku. I still, there's still some plays where I'm just like, what is happening here? He looks so awkward sometimes, but then also so fluid sometimes. He he is an enigma. He does not look like he belongs on an NBA court, but yeah, I mean, he can be effective. <laughs> yeah, you got four just, blocks against the Raptors. Yeah, but I mean, this is a Raptors team with like no talent right now for finishing around the basket (laughs) like yeah i think OG was like three or four of those yeah yeah and and scotty so far this season has been really unassertive around the basket i thought last season he would just bully people get to the rim and finish this season that's not happening nearly as much and he is finishing around the rim has gone down like I, I'm, I'm remembering back to last year and I think he had some difficult finishing around the rim that went in a lot of the time. And it feels like this year, all those balls are rimming out and maybe that's just fluky or maybe last year was fluky. Like something hasn't worked so far for him. I, I'm, I'm underwhelmed by Scotty consistently. This is an excellent transition to the Pacers game where Scotty, I think had his worst game of the season. He was four of 16 from the field team worst minus 18 the raptors lost this game 118 to 104 now this game was close down the stretch this was a 50 50 game until the last five minutes where the raptors a little bit ran out of gas but also the pacers just hit a lot of shots got a bunch of open threes uh you know this one i think you you could chalk it up to being a little bit of a shooting difference the raptors hit 20 percent of their threes og was the only starter to make a three Whereas the Pacers shot 44% of their, on their threes and, you know, took 43 of them. Mind you, a lot of those were wide open, but you know, the Pacers are a good shooting team. You know, we're talking buddy healed, Ben Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton. Like these are some elite three point shooters and you can't leave them open. And you know, they, they ended up beating the Raptors, even though like the Raptors put up one Oh four, but the, the Pacers defense, I thought looked pretty terrible despite only giving up one Oh four. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Raptors had Fred this game, he was out with uh, yeah, that, that was a key thing. Illness, it's you know their offense is just it's tough. <laughs> OG had a good game. Yeah, Dad, Dad's best game of the season so yes. far. He had yes. a pretty slow start. He was pretty aggressive on offense, looking for his shot, getting good post position, and finishing some nice little hook shots. But like Gary Trent was one of 13. He is, uh, I don't know, Aaron. Are we worried about Gary Trent? Do we need to start being worried? Which players? I'm worried about a lot of players right now. But like, let's let's talk about who is like who's really on the like red flag list here of players we need to be on high alert about being concerned. All right. Is there anyone? Are we overreacting to one week? Like, I feel like Scotty, I'm like, should we trade him for Kevin Durant right now? Like, do we need to just like go all in because this guy's future is, is he a superstar anymore? I'm beginning to question everything. 
Talk me All off right. the edge here. Give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to get some okay. stats. Then we can have our, our red flag conversation. Okay. Our, okay. Our I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Yeah. And you're not going to be panicking any less after I read this for you. So these oh, are God. these are some advanced stats for all you nerds out there. Uh, so these are points per possession. So when you, this is on the NBA Synergy website where they, they do advanced stats. So this is points per possession for a certain play type. So when the Raptors isolate, so that's where they basically go one-on-one and try to take a shot. What are the points or points per possession? So for four of the main guys for the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet and Precious Achua are doing this about one a game and are getting 0.27 points per possession. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> which is laughably bad. Which is like astonishingly low. Gary Trent Jr. also and OG are doing are doing about one a game as well. And they are getting 0.47 for Gary Trent Jr. Horrible. OG Ananobi, 0.61 points per possession. Also just horrific marks. Scotty Barnes is doing about three isolations per game and getting 0.74, which is less terrible, but still awful. And like, especially because, you know, with Freddie and Precious and Gary and OG, they're only doing one a game. It's not a big sample size, right? We're, we're talking like 12 or 14 now. And, and just for context on points per possession, like a good offense yeah. is probably like 1.1 points per possession, one point per possession, something like that's Yeah, if you take it if you take out like the transition in half court, like one is a good mark. Yeah. So So these are all well under that. Yeah, really and this the Scotty one is especially worrying cuz he does it the most, especially with Siakam being out, right? And he's way below league average on these. So now I'm going to do post up uh, po- uh, points per possession. So this is where you do a post up play. Scotty does 2.2 of these per game. Is getting 0. 0.66 points per possession. Really, really bad. Pick and roll ball handler points per possession. Scotty does two a game. 0. 0.39 points per possession. OG does one and a half per game. 0. 0.57. Now, I mean, I've cherry picked these. Right? These are the, these are the worst ones. If you go to like spot up or transition, you know, they're going to be better. <laughs> But these are ones where it's sort of like, can you create in the half court? Can you post up? Can you ISO? Can you do pick and roll? And the answer for a lot of these guys, and especially Scotty Barnes, is no. Yeah. And and again, this might be something that they need to grow into. They haven't, you know, Scotty has had a few opportunities to do this, but he is still very raw as an offensive creator, and maybe this will get better. But I don't know. So far from what I've seen this season, not optimistic. <laughs> so to round back to our red flags conversation, for me, I am the most worried about Scotty Barnes. His He's shooting 33% from three on like four a game. No one guards him out there. No one respects his three-point shot. He's not adding any spacing, and he's not killing defenses for not guarding him. He's not even hurting them for not guarding him out there. The only thing Scotty has been good at on offense so far is like he's getting offensive rebounds and running in transition. The 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 creation, the scoring efficiency is even is just worse than last year. I looked this up as well. Outside of five feet, between between five feet and the three point line, the NBA has it broken down into like three zones, like five to nine feet, nine to fourteen, fourteen to whatever the three point line is. Scott is shooting about 20% from all of those areas. Yeah. 
and like that speaks to like especially the five to nine feet he takes a few shots there a game right those are like the floaters where you just can't get all the way to the rim that's 20 percent. you know it's not going to be that bad but if you watch the game like he just doesn't have great touch around the rim like last year i think but last year like some of those would go in and it'd be like how did those go in (laughs) like it's sort of like where you're running right at the rim and you accidentally bank it you know there'd be stuff like that but uh, like Scotty has so, shown no growth and I am, I'm very worried about it. Cause this is, you know, Pascal's out. Scotty can have the reins of the offense and do anything. And it, it looks like he can't, it looks like he can do nothing. I like, I, I do think his passing is pretty good, right? Like that's, that's the one. Yeah, he's, spot. He, he can play well as a role player within the offense. He, he, right. He, mm-hmm. he knows how to do plays. He can set screens. He can cut, you know, he can, he can make passes. It's just, it, it, if he's the fulcrum, it, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. He it's can't absolutely be the terrible. Right yeah. Yeah. The scoring element is not there and his two point field goal percentage has plummeted from 54% last year to 47% this year. His true and, shooting you know, is like 47%. You know, he's not getting to yeah. the line a lot, which is horrible yeah. for a guy that wants to live inside. And yeah, it's, I think it's still too early. Like, I think there's some stuff where he's still testing out elements of his game. Like, it seems like he's more willing to pull up for jumpers this season. And like, if he's... Yeah, the volume has gone up marginally. He's just shooting them. And it's... Maybe it's just testing out things he was working on the offseason that need another offseason or two or three to keep working on. Because like it seems like he shouldn't have the green light for those shots. And that might be something that you get a longer leash at the beginning of the season. And then as you get more and more data on what's working, what's not, that's going to get refined as the season goes on. And he might just turn into a different player later on in the season. But yeah, right now it's, it's pretty tough to watch. He's not thriving like we hoped he would. Yeah. The bigger role is too much for him. Yeah. He's actually, I think gotten worse since, since Pascal went out, which is, you know, the exact opposite of what you're hoping for. Yeah. The only anyway. other, yeah. Do you have any more Scotty before we move on? Well, I was just going to say, I think that's the theme of this week is like everyone seems to have gotten worse with it with, with Pascal out. He like, he made everyone's role fit. And now yeah, <laughs> everyone's yeah. just in uncomfortable but positions. I would say, you know, especially the one game against Chicago, Freddie looked fantastic. He was yeah. a live wire moving really well taking lots of you know he got up 26 shots against the rockets you know freddie looks fine right yes yeah i'm 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 totally happy with how freddie's playing you know it sucks that he got injured but he's back and he looks good you know the start of the season where he didn't where he was strangely passive and whatnot that seems to be gone that's gone yeah og i think went out he's gone og looks great you know he's great at doing the things he's good at doing and the things that he doesn't do so well continue like it seems like he's just like more of a mature player at this point I mean, like he's a better shooter you know, he's been a fantastic defender you know you can drive hard sometimes but just can't really do anything else but he's been really good at the things he's good at so i'm not not worried about og i'd say the one player that i think we should talk about is gary trent jr he yeah. i think has been a bit of a dumpster fire this this season He's shooting, I think, under thirty-three percent from three, and you could just say, "Oh, this is this is a cold shooting start," and I would agree with you to some extent. But then there's been a lot of head scratching plays where 
he just takes horrible shots that are basically turnovers. He's gotten a shot blocked a lot more. He's continued to struggle to get to the rim. I didn't expect him to get better at that. But the decision-making seems to have regressed, and he's not really a player that you can expand his role and hope to get more out of him. Like we've seen that when players go down, Gary Trent, just he can't really step up. He is, I think, firmly a role player that is a spot-up shooter slash gunner and sort of needs that space to be created by other people. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about the three-point shooting. Like are you? I'm not. I'm worried about I mean, some of the decision making, but I feel like when if if they get people healthy again, he'll have more space and it'll be easier to get those shots off and make them. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's just it's this whole start to the season has been so underwhelming from him and defensively as well, it feels like he's taken a bit of a step back. Like he hasn't been the defensive steel maestro that we saw last season. and But I, like, I think that just... was a bit of a mirage. Towards the end of the season, I think we saw the real Gary Trent Jr., and, which is much more yeah. average on defense. Yeah, yeah, he, he's very much an average defender now and a streaky <laughs> three-point shooter. And it's if this is just all he's going to be, I was hoping he's still young. Like he's, this is, he's 24 years old right now. I was hoping there would be some growth this season and he seems like the same player as last season and maybe that's just who he is and we have to we have to live with that but it doesn't look like we won the Norman Powell trade by as much as we thought we did and granted Norm's not playing well this year either and so it's not like he's older and had a bigger neither player is a game changer but uh yeah like Gary Gary seems to be what he is that we're just gonna have to live with the streakiness and there's a bit of a roller coaster with him that is tough to watch at some points but it still ends up being i think a net useful player just not not great <laughs> yeah yeah not a core if, of this part of this team. no if you tell me gary trent's on my team i'm like eh, okay <laughs> sure yeah uh all right because of the injuries to pascal and precious and to some extent freddie as well we've seen the bench guys really get a lot of play and it hasn't, you know, the Raptors were two and three this week, but you know, the, the Pacers game was a 50, 50 game. And that was like the fifth game in seven nights for the Raptors. So, you know, understandable that they lost that one and ran out of steam, you know, the Oklahoma city surprisingly competent, the Pacers as well. Like this week it was two and three and you hope they would have cleaned up, but the Raptors are hurt and, you know, the, the tanky teams that they're playing aren't as terrible as they usually are. So I'm less worried about this team than I let on at the beginning of the, of the podcast. It's more just disappointing than anything else, but I'm not like alarmed that this team is going to miss the playoffs or anything like that. But the bench guys, Otto Porter Jr. Let's talk about him. He took a couple of weeks off to start the season. He was hurt. And then, uh, then he had a baby uh, what, what do you thought about him so far? I think I've, I think he's been great. Otto Porter seems like an awesome role player to have on your team. He can space yeah. the floor defensively. He's solid. It's just he's the perfect role player. I, I think he fits so well in this team that when you get some guys back, he's going to be a great sixth, seventh man. Yeah, I could even see them closing some games with him because he's a really good three-point shooter. 
He's been moving yeah, super Scotty well. Yeah, keeps playing this way in Precious yeah. for the season. It's like there's definitely an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, he. I w- I've been surprised at how well he's been moving out there. Mm-hmm. He's much more mobile than I think I remember him being at the end of last year. Uh, so you know, very encouraged by that. And you know, he he makes the right play. He seems like a high IQ player out there. Like he's not going to create any offense, and he's been, I guess part of the problem with the Raptors offense, but you could certainly see when, when Pascal Freddie are back playing that, uh, that he, he's a really good complimentary player. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a great pickup this off season. He, yeah. he looks like he belongs in a Raptors. He's like one of the best free agent hits that the Raptors have had in the last, <laughs> in the Messiah era even. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thaddeus Young, he's, he's gotten a lot more run of play. Are you? We're obviously not as high on Thaddeus as we are out of, out of Porter, but uh, what are your thoughts there? I think like the Pacers game to me, that's the freshest one in my mind, and he had a great game. I think still just he's a limited player, and and so fitting in yeah. with the lineups where he's playing with star players like Siakam, and you want to space the floor around him it's going to be tough to fit Thaddeus into those lineups because his shooting is, is non-existent. We kind of knew that last year he was, seemed willing to take corner threes and he had a few of them, but I, he's just, he's not, he's not a shooter. (laughs) And so defensively, it feels like he's okay, but he's taken a bit of a step back. He seems a step slower. He's just not an elite defender anymore. He's, he's fine. He's not going to get totally exposed, but I don't think he's really leveling up your defense. And so I think he's like a trustworthy vet that you can, you can throw in for some spot minutes, but if he's playing more than 10, 15 minutes a game, it's a problem. Problem in that, like if your team's healthy and he's just your sixth guy, absolutely. Yeah. But like you said, he's trustworthy. He makes, you know, smart plays. He plays, you know, like with high IQ with intensity. He had a good game against the Pacers and, Oh man, that game was so tough to watch because they were putting out some lineups out there and Otto Porter is posting people up and taking hook shots. And there's already two Raptors underneath the basket. And it's just, I, there was some, I almost want to take some screenshots and be able to put them up somewhere because they just, the Raptors are posting someone up and there's three other people in the paint. It's like, what, what, what century of basketball are we playing here? But yeah. uh, <laughs> this is how it looks Pretty sometimes. Ugly. Yeah, so we have to live with Malachi Flynn. Interesting. Yeah, Malachi Flynn. He, you know what, Aaron? Not a bad week for Malachi Flynn, I'd say. Like, not a good week, but not a bad week. He didn't embarrass himself this week, and he got some. Me, he got some run, especially against the, against the Pacers with Fred Van Vliet being out. Uh, I thought in the second quarter of that game, he came in. You know, got to the rim a few times, hit a couple shots. You know, mm-hmm, did did mm-hmm. some offensive creation with this team so 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 sorely needs, and just those are it, those moments are just so rare <laughs> that <laughs> that I feel like I have to enjoy them because <laughs> the rest yeah. of what he brings is just you know he's he's just such a terrible defender and it's not really his fault I think it's largely the scheme that the Raptors play because they want him to play like they the he's a six seven or six eight guy switching everything and helping and whatnot it's you just can't do that right he doesn't have freddie's strength or or iq for knowing where to be and you know he just he, yeah he gets, he gets exposed a lot on defense it's 
that is definitely problematic and he's definitely not giving you enough on the offensive end to make that worth it and so at this point I want to see him just in these lineups this week I was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't just jacking threes and playing like he was Steph Curry because I think a lot of possessions that would have been better offense than what they were doing and he still plays I feel like he wants to be this like floor general and make the right play and not be a ball hog but <laughs> there's lineups where he just needs to be a ball hog and he doesn't have that superstar mentality where he thinks he's he's that guy um and like this team is so desperately needing a microwave scorer off the bench someone that just comes in and is super overconfident that classic lou williams type player that is just yeah. gonna get you some buckets out of nowhere it doesn't have to be efficient it just has to be yeah it just has to not be garbage it has to be better than that like 0.5 points per possession post up from scotty barnes you know <laughs> exactly, like it's exactly <laughs> so it's not asking a lot and yeah. no one on this team is able to do that at this point and so malachi was the one guy that i thought had potential to do that and you know that those 70 point pro am games feel like a distant memory at this point <laughs> i bet he could do that right now <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean i'm I just sure don't he think could. those just, games mean anything. he's not playing like that yeah <laughs> yeah you know like you said i think i think what you said is true it wasn't a bad week and that you know he did he did take a bunch of shots against the pacers and against the thunder to some degree but it wasn't a good week and that he didn't he didn't really change the outcome of either of those games you know he, he had a good stretch and then he gave that up when he came back in, in the second half so yeah yeah this uh this Raptors team uh, has some has some flaws when uh, when Pascal and Freddie are out. Which you know, it's easy to look at this team and be like, they suck, they're horrible, they lost to two teams that are trying to lose games. We got to remember these teams aren't terrible, and then also the Raptors are out their two best players. So yeah, no, that, and their two best offensive point. creators, right? And a lot of teams are going to look pretty terrible if you take away their two best players. Yeah, and I think this this Raptors team more so than others was extremely reliant on Pascal Siakam to create good offense to start the season. And, and, you know, he was playing at an MVP level almost. And, you know, no one has stepped in to fill that void. And that's, you know, that's a big void to fill. And so that's, that's a difficult task. The other bench guy that finally got minutes this week, Bo Cruz, Juancho Hernan Gomez. He got, he got some regular rotation minutes in these games. And Honestly, I thought he looked pretty good. Really? I was relatively impressed. He can shoot the three. Like, he's willing to take it, and people have to guard him out there. He hit a few. I think he makes the right play a lot of the time with the ball. He's not, like, he's he's very much a role player out there. He's not doing a lot, but he's in the right position, and he can kind of shoot. Like, for the Raptors bench, that's not that bad. Do you this disagree? A- it looks like you disagree. <laughs> I I watch Bo Cruz and like you know you basically just forget that he's out there and he doesn't really do anything on either end. I I, I was pretty. I thought he had some nice minutes against the Thunder. He, I was he pretty, hit a couple threes against the Thunder, and I mean maybe that game you stopped watching because it was a twenty point blowout. I did but... not watch the fourth quarter, so if it if I mean, he, he did... played he played a few minutes before that too, but <laughs> yeah, he did. But just yeah, 
Yeah. I didn't mention him because I had no impression of him. I was just like, oh, okay. yeah, okay, he plays, but does he? Yeah. I think he'll be one of the first people to be cut from the rotation when people come back. But maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not excited about him. Yeah. It's not like you are. No. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm always irrationally optimistic about. Raptors bench players and they always let me down it's a common theme and I think there's this is the thing that I think a lot of Raptors fans have where when the Raptors starters are struggling people are chiming in in comments on Twitter and things like that about oh let's give this bench guy more of an opportunity Fred Van Play Vliet sucks Flynn. yeah yeah like I mean I, I'm definitely guilty of that and this week you know is this exhibit a of why Nick Nurse plays the starters 38 minutes a game because when the bench gets more of an opportunity, Nick Nurse knows these players better than anyone outside the organization does. Like he sees them all the time in practice. He knows what they're capable of. And I think we really need to trust Nick Nurse more because this is the result when these guys get more of an opportunity. It's like they're not they're not quite up for it. It's like they don't have there's not this sneaking there's these diamonds in the rough that are just waiting to be unearthed as part of this rotation and they're going to start blossoming into the superstar players. It's like, no, these guys are bench players for a reason in this league. And it's, yeah. I think another, another sort of point of evidence to support your, your thesis here is that a lot of Raptors fans remember the glory years of the bench mob when Freddie and Pascal, were part of the bench mob that that came in. They had the bench, the best bench in the league, right? And those those players have turned into the starters to some extent for this team, right? So then you're like, oh, we want you know we want the bench guys to come in. They they did so well, right? The starters just held serve, and then the bench came on and kicked ass, right? But you know that's not that's not happening with the Raptors' current bench, and I see no reason for that to change. Yeah, and and that was you know. <laughs> A very lucky situation. <laughs> like, you know, it's not every day that you get an undrafted player that turns into an all-star, like a 27th pick that turns into an all-NBA player. And like the other guys in the bench mall were like Jakob Pertle, DeLon Norm. Wright, Norm, yeah. players that have all turned into like these long NBA careers and turned out to be great players. And, you know, that's that's really tough to do consistently as an organization. Because every every organization is scouting for that talent and yeah, it's just, you know, it's impossible to maintain that you're it's, there's so much luck that goes into whether a player pans out. It's not just all the organizational excellence. Yeah. Agreed. And you can do everything right. And it's still, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, the schedule this week, I went from five games to a merciful three games. Who do we play this week, Ben? All right, we kick it off Monday night against the Detroit Pistons at seven o'clock. Chalk this one up as an L. The yeah, Raptors guaranteed loss cannot find a way to beat the Pistons, and especially with Pascal out, you know whatever whatever the line is, bet on the Pistons. It could be Pistons yeah. by twenty. I'd still be betting on them. Dwayne Casey is the Raptors' kryptonite. There's just there must have been some like he pact he made with the devil that he always has to beat the Raptors. I don't know. Some sort of witchcraft voodoo here. This is a guaranteed loss. So then recovering from that loss, we go against the Miami Heat on Wednesday night. Someone's getting injured this game. Let's, you know, let's 
really start calling up some G League players here. Maybe let's just throw out a G League lineup just to be safe. We can't afford any more starters getting hurt. <laughs> so let's just punt this game as well. Hopefully Freddie will be, will be back. But yeah, may have to rest him on yeah. this one. Yeah, rest him. Can't risk it. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, we finish off the week playing against the Atlanta Hawks on the road at 6 o'clock at night. That's a, that's a weird start time. I guess they need to have the players finish the game so they have time to go to the strip clubs in Atlanta afterwards. You know, it's probably, let's consider it scheduling by the league. Those lemon pepper wings, you know, <laughs> heard they're good. Uh, yeah. The first two games, I'm not really excited to watch because the Raptors are going to lose against the Pistons. And then the heat is just whenever the Raptors play the heat, it's a, it's a, an it's a rock basketball, <laughs> the basketball, the beautiful game, you know, remember those Spurs days with Kawhi and Tim Duncan where the ball was moving and it was just gorgeous offense, you know, the Warriors teams with, with the death lineup, whatever the opposite of that is, is going to be going on in this game. Uh, but Saturday at Atlanta, that's a super exciting game without Pascal. I don't know how much of a chance the Raptors have, but Atlanta's a good team. And I think they'll be they'll be wanting some revenge for the blow that they got served in Toronto. So this this could be a tough week for the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, after this last week, I'm feeling like this is 0-3. The way Scotty's been playing, I actually, you could put any set of three teams out here, and I'd be like, yeah, O three. <laughs> yeah, we could play the Lakers three times in a row, and I'd still be like, O three, O three. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not feeling good about how this team is playing. This, this just, season yeah, until just Freddie gets back feels a little doomed. Without Freddie, it's just it's the Raptors can win, of course. It's just I don't think that they should be favored in any game. Even with Freddie, this team with Freddie they have a chance. Stinks. They have yeah. a chance. Yeah, they have yeah, a chance. Yeah. More of but a chance. But it's just it's just every game is such a slog that. I don't know. This they're going to make us look like idiots and go three zero here. Scotty's going to play amazing and return to form and just start dunking on everyone. Like he had that one incredible dunk against the Bulls, or just posted yeah. up for ten seconds and then decided, oh, I can just blow by my man and just slam it on everybody. He posted Vucevic so hard, and then the next night he's just tossing up little bunnies and afraid to like attack the rim with force. And I don't know. I I want to see Scotty just go nuts and be angry and attack people let's let's get like the whole transformation for scotty he's it's too much bruce banner right now this is <laughs> you don't understand this reference never mind we'll move no. on aaron hates Way over my head. yeah, yeah. <laughs> any kind of cultural reference is probably just over my head <laughs> yeah um let, let's do a quick update on the bets that we've made so far uh I think both are looking pretty good for me. One much better than the other one. So challenges the wins over 12 and a half. I picked the over Ben and then Ben picked the under so far. Uh, I think the Raptors have two wins at this pace. It'd be pretty close, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Russell Westbrook still playing for the Lakers on November 14th, which is tomorrow. One more day. One more so, day. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Unless the Lakers <laughs> trade Russ before the Lakers game this evening or tomorrow. I think this one is a, is a W for me. Uh, ben, any ideas for bets that we should that we should add to this? Hmm. Because I, uh, I I have an idea. I have an idea. And okay, maybe I want to hear your just, idea. This is just me being pessimistic because of the week and the injuries and whatnot. 
Right now, the Raptors are seven and seven. Yes. Do the Raptors above 500 or below 500 this season? Oh, God. I feel so pessimistic right now. This is the... This is unfair. This is the wrong time to ask me this. I feel like I have to take the under, but I really, in my heart, I feel like there's a good team here. And if Siakam's healthy, everything becomes right with the world and they continue their winning ways. So you know what? I'm going to be a ray of sunshine, unlike I've been all podcast, and go with the over. I think they're still going to end up over 500. This team is scrappy. They fight hard. Nick Nurse is a good coach and this team is going to find ways to eke out wins despite playing ugly, ugly, ugly basketball. I All right. Well, it's, it's not a bet then. Cause I wanted to take the over. So, okay. We can't do, do they that. finish over 45 wins. <laughs> I think we'd both take the under on that. So, <laughs> ah! Ah! <clears throat> That's that's only that's five games over five hundred. Uh, that is four games over five hundred. Four games. That's not that hot. That's not that far over. Aaron, come on, you can take the over on that. You can take the over. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll come up with with a better idea for a bet because we we got to disagree on it for it to be any fun, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So around the league, there's a few things I want to talk about. First, perhaps we should do a standings check in on the West, which is pretty interesting much more so interesting than i would say the east is really it uh, seems like a giant snooze fest to me the jazz once again have the best record in the west they have their best record every year like this that's just true seems they're like regular season juggernaut same old same yeah. old <laughs> nothing to <laughs> that, see that here. train just keeps on chugging yeah. <laughs> memphis had the second best record last year snooze fest <laughs> yeah uh the jazz are doing a little bit differently in that they have a totally different team than they did last year. Uh, I don't, I don't totally believe in this team. Like, I don't think they're a playoff threat, but they're definitely good enough to make the playoffs if they don't, uh, if they don't tear it down before then Portland. Also, let's let's pause on that. Is it even like, can you tear down a Like the optics of tearing down a team that has the best record in your conference be like nah no nah, we, we don't actually want to be winning you know <laughs> we're just tanking let's trade away everyone can you do that like if you're in the playoffs i don't think you can do that you're not just in the playoffs you're the number one seed in your conference um yeah but yeah, like i think, I think they're like actually, middle of the yeah, pack come absolutely the trade deadline. danny Ange can and will do that the man know. does not has no conscience, has no soul. He is a basketball psychopath. Uh, I think he would absolutely do that if he got the right deal for the for the players. I mean, I could see him trading a player like Mike Conley. Yeah, but the rest of that team, like Laurie Markkinen's, well, some of them they can't trade. Like they, they can't trade Colin Sexton this year, um, and then like Jordan Clarkson and Conley, I think would be the two big guys up for trade and i like just jordan clarkson probably i don't marketing. i don't think he's gonna get traded marketing like these are relatively young guys that are playing super well and maybe you're but just ruthless and capitalize on the trade value it's but tough to get victor Wembanyama on your team when you have good players it's tough when you're the number one team in the league 
Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's a good point is if they don't pull the trigger soon, they may quickly find themselves out of the tanking race altogether. Yeah. To the point and where, most of the best yeah. trades are come at the deadline. I think by that point, like you need to be actively tanking as a team right now to be in that conversation for Wembenyama. And I think they're already out of that conversation. It's so hard to just lose every game from here on out to compete with the likes of Houston yeah. and I mean, Detroit we've seen some, and Charlotte. We've seen some pretty impressive tanks where teams go like one in 20. And that can certainly be engineered with injuries, quote unquote injuries and uh, whatnot. So, I mean, to me, the, the Jazz are one of the most interesting stories because they are in this crux of having a bunch of good veterans, but no stars. And also like, you know, they're in a really good position uh, long term because they have yeah. drafts from from two teams one of them that, that looks great and one of them that does not which we'll talk about in a bit uh so portland's number or sorry utah's number one portland is number two at nine and four dame is back he looks electric he looks like prime dame this team is now all of a sudden athletic lots of rangy wings jeremy grant looks fantastic he had like 36 points last night against dallas uh, mm-hmm. you know, Anthony Simons is a, is a lethal shooter. Josh Hart's a great, like awesome role player to have shady and sharp is, <laughs> is awesome. Like very much a rookie, yeah. but his athleticism is, is eye popping whenever he dunks and, the ball. It just seems like he's floating above the rim. And that was the player that reportedly there was rumors of OG being considered as a trade bait to get the seventh pick and shade and sharp from portland that was a trade that obviously never went through and i think you know the raptors are ecstatic with the way og's playing but portland as well probably equally ecstatic with how shade and sharp is playing that seems like a relatively a win-win for both teams for not pulling the trigger there yeah yeah <laughs> like i think they're both happy with what's happened <laughs> yeah agreed agreed yeah, he, he's he's a keeper. He looks good. Memphis is nine and four. Jaw looks incredible. Not, not hugely surprising for Memphis to be nine and four. They were good last year. They're good again this year. Denver's eight and four. Eight and four while getting Murray and Porter Jr. back in your lineup. You know, Jokic looks great. This team is. I, don't, I picked them to have the best record in the league. I feel good about that pick. So. Yeah, Murray, Murray started off the season pretty slow, which is to be ex- expected being super rusty coming back yeah. from injury. You kind of just expect him to get better and better as the season goes on and Denver to get better along with him because the, the yeah. ceiling for that team is really how well Jokic and Murray play. Yep, agreed. Uh, Phoenix is 8-4. and four. Cam Johnson, their only four, is, uh, is out for a couple months because of meniscus surgery. Despite that, Jay Crowder is still not interested in being on this team. Uh, but Mikhail Bridges has been amazing. Devin Booker's been even better than last year. This team keeps on chugging, but I don't care about them. I, uh, <laughs> they are not good yep. enough in the playoffs to, I think, be be concerned about. Yes. Yeah, I think they still have the same upside concerns that they've always had. And Chris Paul is another year older. So... Phoenix is screwed. Dallas is 7-5. Seven, 7-5 five, uh, seven with the number 6 seed. Uh, they've had a couple of crunch time worries. You know, little hiccups uh, where they've lost to, to bad teams. 
But last night, uh, Luca coming off a couple, a couple bad games, uh, he had a forty point triple double. Um, he's putting up some some pretty terrifying numbers. Uh, I think he's probably in the MVP hot seat right now. Uh, this team will be as good as Luca can be. I think you have to be a little bit worried about Luca's usage rate. I think he's at close to a forty percent usage rate right now, which is. I'm I I'm watching this with fascination. I want to see how much he can do. <laughs> this feels can, like this is like if that that one Russell the, Westbrook season, but if it yeah. was with a better player. Yeah, like James Harden in Houston, where it's like, okay, this guy is our best option on offense. We're gonna just use that every single possession. And is Luke up to the task? Pro- possibly. But I think you have real concerns about him breaking down at some point as a, in the season. As like a contender, I don't really take Dallas that seriously. Uh, but as a fun team to follow because of Luca, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's obviously a, a special player that you know he's definitely worth watching. I just the way this team's playing scares me for the long term integrity of like Luca's <laughs> knees and. <laughs> just yeah his overall health yeah uh number seven the pelicans are seven and six they are oh and three in overtime and i want to talk a bit more about my dear dear new orleans pelicans because i watch of course you pretty do. much every one of their games as you know i'm a huge zion stan uh have you been watching any pelicans games ben i've watched bits and pieces I'm pretty concerned about Zion's defense, Aaron. I've seen him get oh, torched. Zion's defense is an F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He can't stay in front of anyone. You put him out in the perimeter, he is <laughs> you don't even have to put him in the toaster. He's just already toast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It it's about as bad as it gets. But on offense, it's just the most frustrating experience watching this Pelicans team play because Zion is basically unstoppable. Every time they give the ball to him, it's a layup, it's free throws, or it's an open three for their team. They'll turn it over a few times a game, but, it, but basically you're driving extremely efficient offense whenever, whenever they put the ball in Zion's hands. And when they don't, <laughs> which they, they don't surprisingly often, it's just a puke fest with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. And it's like you, you can drive efficient offense or you can take difficult shots because people can help off of Zion. So you can't get to the rim and you just take all these contested shots. And then on defense, you know, it's, it's a struggle for this team. I just don't get why if Zion's out there, like he's, he's such an interesting player and he's so limited in so many ways, but then so exceptional in this one way that I feel like you really got to lean into that. And if, if Zion's on the floor, we play through him. Yeah, CJ and, and BI sitting on the weak side on an offensive possession, it's just a wasted possession, and you're giving up so yeah. much on the defensive end that like you you need to be leveraging that on every play. Exactly. Yeah, which is like I, I feel like I'm despite being a Zion stand, I think I'm pretty realistic about how effective he is. And it's it's I think it's hard to win a ton of games if you use Zion like this. Like you gotta use him like James Harden in Houston, where it's just if he's on the floor, we're running everything through him. And you know, CJ and Brandon Ingram have to take a step back and be more like role players when Zion's on the floor. 
to, to maximize this team. I think if they do that, this team could win a ton of regular season games. Playoffs, I have my concerns, but you know, but Zion, he has looked like he's looked pretty unstoppable these last few games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's good to see him healthy, but I, I don't, I don't trust this team as a playoff team at all. <laughs> defensively like jv zion cj doesn't scream <laughs> all defense Devonte graham yeah <laughs> yeah 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 they have a lot of interesting players that are you know play one side of the ball uh not, not a lot of two-way guys all right uh the clippers are seven and six they seem like they're getting it together apparently Kawhi is playing basketball again we'll see hopefully hopefully he's healthy and uh can maybe he just comes back for the playoffs maybe he's just a 16 he he's the <laughs> he's epitome a of a 16 player. game player <laughs> not an 82 game player maybe that's just what he's Draymond green's wet wet dream <laughs> Kawhi yeah. Leonard, truly yeah, a 16 game player next year <laughs> yeah uh the spurs are six and seven not where they want to be uh they're terrible though let's talk about them and okc at the same time they have the same record here six and seven good, good point um they're two teams the that are supposed to seven, be but uh i think that has an update nba.com yeah regular about, season yeah, standings yeah, so they both are at six and seven and these two are both two teams that were primed for the tankathon dropping the ball a little bit or a lot i think for okc in particular these games are pretty useful to sort of get a gauge on who your players are for next season and what what they can do and what the roles are what the roles are. Like this this uh, thirteen game stretch, I think, has shown Shea to be a superstar and a player to build around and an offensive hub. Uh, shown Poku to be a rotation piece that you probably want to keep around. You know. Then they locked up Dort in the offseason, right? Like, I think it's given them some very valuable information by winning these games on what some of these players can and can't do. You know, this coaching staff, I think, has been fantastic. I think you obviously want to keep them around, right? But in the next, you know, it's Victor Wenbanyama. I think you want to start tanking sooner rather than later because uh, there's some teams below you that, uh, that are doing a good job uh, at it <laughs> that probably are, don't want to catch up to you. So, uh, so I don't think it's all it's all doom and gloom for these teams, but I just don't see any reason for for the Spurs to to care. But they seem to. Yeah, yeah. I Sacramento is five and six. Uh, they they have had some bad luck in close games. I think they're probably like a five hundred team. They should probably they should definitely make the play in in the West so far. Uh, the Warriors are five and seven. They seem to have gotten it a bit together after that 0-6 road trip that we talked about last week. Minnesota, here's a team I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, Five and eight. I thought Phoenix was going to have bad vibes. Nope. Minnesota has bad vibes. Minnesota is cursed as an Are organization. They? <laughs> Seems like it. I feel like, like... <laughs> is it a curse if you take a shotgun to your foot and just pull the trigger? Like, are you, are you cursed? If you do that consistently with every roster that you have, it, it seems like something, something is rotten in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know. Like this team is broken. Gobert, 
I kind of liked the move as an experiment in the offseason. I thought this had potential to fix some of their issues on the defensive end. But it was very early to pull the trigger on a core of like that was relatively unknown in in playoff success. Cat has flamed out consistently in playoffs. Anthony Edwards consistently the one time he's made it. <laughs> he made it no, he made it with the Jimmy Butler. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was like Jimmy. five years was, ago. Yeah, true. And he true. sucked then too. um but like anthony edwards looks he's a talented young player but is he a winning basketball player tbd (laughs) and i don't know they just they went all in and now you're stuck with a 30 year old gobert and cat who don't seem to be able to play well together the fit hasn't been magical does it the vibes there are there people are sniping at each other in the media like cats talked about needing to talk to anthony edwards about cutting out his popeyes (laughs) anthony edwards is just throwing passes to people when they're out of bounds like (laughs) it's ugly was it a mistake to trade for someone that nba players whether it's their fault or not hate when I'm talking about Rudy Gobert and that it, it seems like every, everyone hates Rudy Gobert. Like all the players in league hate Rudy Gobert. Like just as a person, all the players, like <laughs> by all account, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Some of, some of the guys on the bench may not hate him, but people that actually play with him seem to really not like Rudy Gobert. And like we saw yeah. that in Utah, we've seen that now in Minnesota, you know, does, it, does it matter? Feel Someone's like he's just like the problem. Like, like, is do you think he's the problem? It, this feels like a cat and Anthony Edwards are not getting along as well. Like, it, it's not just Gobert. Sure. I don't think Gobert yeah. is. It's, I don't think they they the oh, we hate Gobert so much. We want to tank this team, but I think it's more like Gobert isn't making this roster gel either. Mm-hmm. He's not. Yeah, part he's of not the, the answer. And then you also took away all their depth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and getting rid players of that they Jared Vanderbilt, like. who has been fantastic for the Utah Jazz, yeah, and, like an amazing and defender, Beasley and Pat Bev, and you know, yeah, true, yeah, right. So they got rid of a lot of their depth to get Gobert, and it's it's thirteen games into the season. You know, they they could turn this around. I fully expect them to at least be a play in team, but uh, early returns are amazing for Utah. Because they have uh, they have this year's pick for for Minnesota and like they look pretty bad and I mean I I hate to say it but like I don't even think an injury would would derail this team I might even fix them if if Cat or Gobert got hurt because I might just simplify what they're trying to do because uh, when they play together it doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah and Anthony Edwards has complained about the spacing issues that they have yeah. now with Gobert on the floor if it's... you just watch a half court possession with Cat and Gobert out there. It's Cat on the perimeter and he can't drive because Gobert's guy is right under the rim. It's, it's, you feel like it it feels like something that maybe you shouldn't have done the trade for if you didn't have a, like an X's and O's scheme for, or some kind of way to deal with this. Cause I think this is pretty predictable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's not good. That's for sure. The Lakers. We'll have to see how it un- develops. Yeah. All right. The Lakers are two and ten. They stink, but it's not Russell Westbrook's fault. 
that that's my message for the Lakers. Yeah, Russell Westbrook has been Fine. better in the last <laughs> in the last little while. This is just a bad roster. <laughs> yeah, they they suck. They're just they're just not good at basketball. Yeah, AD and LeBron are old NBA and, players. Yeah, and everyone that they sign in the off season seems like they're just pretty mediocre. Mediocre feels generous. So yeah. And, you know, they're battling with Houston Rockets for dead last in the Western Conference here. Houston, final team here at 2-11. We saw them play this week. They're still shite. That's not going to change this year. They're young guys, somewhat talented. But Jabari Smith, eh, he was all right. But doesn't seem like a superstar. No Paulo Bancaro, that's for sure. That looks like definitely the magic caught everyone by surprise yeah, on draft, draft night. Knicks, the draft Knicks yeah. got that one right. Whereas Paulo yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Jabari, like I think is a good player on a good team. He does a lot of the things you want from, from role players and that he's, uh, he's a good athlete. He's very versatile can play defense pretty well. And he's a great shooter um, as an offensive creator. We haven't seen that yet. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but, it doesn't seem like that's kind of who he is, but you know, you can also on this team, like they're not giving him that many possessions for that because Jalen yeah. Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are and are hogging all of them. And Sengun too looked pretty good against the Raptors. Like he had a yeah. solid game. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if he can if if Jabari Smith, if he can be Michael Porter Jr. with better defense, you know, where he, that doesn't yeah. really create he's, an he's offense, but he can player. take a lot of shots and you know. Like yeah, th- that can be a very very good player. So, for sure, no, yeah, I'm not writing him off at all. It's just probably not a superstar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, well, we have list. we have an email to get to here. We're right. uh, uh, this one getting... I think concerns me because <laughs> I made right. this bet. This yes. is from our our treasured listener Alex. Uh, he says hello, Pod. 35 days after my quote-unquote four-day shipping order was placed, I'm now the proud owner of a Christian Coloco jersey that I'll almost certainly be reimbursed for at the end of this season. He's referring to a bet that Alex and I made. Uh, Chet Holmgren versus Coloco, who would be better? Chet Holmgren is out for the season. Christian Coloco is not. and He seems to be a useful rotation player. So... <laughs> Tough one for me. Bad break there with the broken <laughs> <Yeah>. foot. <laughs> it's a tough L, Aaron. Uh, so Alex asks, I've never owned a local sports team jersey before. What are the rules? Am I lame for wearing it while I watch alone? Should I try and wear it on game day or the day after a win? What are the rules about washing it? I know the postseason is off limits, but how long does a win streak need to get before I stop watching washing the jersey? Is wearing a Raptors jersey to 905 games acceptable? Is it true? Are the rumors true that I can make Coloco play better by sleeping in his jersey before a game? Thanks, Alex. I think that the answer to that last one is an unequivocal yes. I think sleeping with the jersey on definitely lends positive energy to Coloco. So you probably should do that every night, I would say. I, at least before the games. And what I've also heard is that uh, it only works if you only sleep with the jersey on. Um, yeah. 
so no other other clothing is is permitted if you want to help contaminate better yeah 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 absolutely Um, is wearing nine to five raptors jersey nine to five games acceptable yes of course of course they're they're like you know it's the farm team (laughs) no one's expected to have a 905 jersey if you have a 905 jersey I'm slightly concerned for you. <laughs> yeah. The uh the names on those jerseys I don't think last very long. Um so the names and numbers a lot like, of change, change quite over a year bit. Year. Yeah. <laughs> um what are the rules for washing the jersey? I would say wash it often, um, especially if you're wearing it often. So there you know, there's jersey strategy here. I think you can wear the jersey on top of other clothing, like you can wear it over a hoodie, for example. If you're not contaminating it by eating like chips and dip and just, you know, smearing salsa all over it, you're probably pretty safe to not wash it for a while. But it all depends on how you take care of your jersey. If you're getting it dirty, wash it. If, Don't you're, if you're only wearing your jersey at night, like we recommend, I, I would it's say true. wash it pretty often. Um, wearing it on game day when you're watching it alone, it's really about how you want to do it. Does it make you feel better? If it does, you're doing it right. I will say I bust out my Raptors jersey for playoff games. I don't wear it usually during the regular season. I save it for the playoffs, but that's just a personal preference thing. Certainly the the playoffs is the time to bring it out. I would say it's mandatory in the playoffs, the regular season. Eh, Who cares? yeah there's 82 games yeah if it's if it's like a play-in game or the last game of the season is the equivalent of a play-in game yes otherwise no also you might be the only raptors fan with a cloco jersey so i think this is a great conversation starter you should be wearing it when you go out to bars wherever wherever you go and are planning to socialize if be prepared to talk about christian cloco <laughs> yeah yeah read his wikipedia page at least you know get a sense of where he's from because people are going to ask i'm pretty you confident alex knows anyway. everything about christian cloco at this point i think he's his number one fan <laughs> yeah probably yeah he's getting a free jersey out of this how could he not be <laughs> all right I, okay I, one thing i want to say about this bet is if they, if cloco sucks i'm not paying this out <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, he, so if he's like a negative game, player he i'm not had five it. minutes off the bench he yeah. is on a downward trend in the raptors rotation right now if if he's out so, of the rotation at the end of the season and when he comes in he just fouls everyone and has terrible on off differentials i'm not paying this out yeah actually you know what if he's a negative player you could argue that chet holmgren being out for the season is better like especially he's a zero he's not especially negative. for his team because he's probably helping them get victor Wembanyama. do you get a chet holmgren jersey if you win the bet what's the other side of this bet oh he's gonna buy me a jersey if okay the all right around so i but think it's pretty jersey? unlikely i i would get to choose i was right, thinking who's, who's at the top of towards list? a malachi flynn jersey Let's go, Malachi, baby. All right, we're ending the podcast on a high note. I am so excited for this. We'll be having matching Malachi Flynn jerseys, Aaron. I can't wait. Let's go. This is bringing me back to life. All right. right. With that exciting news, we're going to end the podcast here. If you have any random questions, you can throw 10 questions into an email like Alex did. It's a 10 for 1 special going on right now on the emails. Send us an email at raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. That's raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. We'll answer anything. 
that's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye, folks. Bye.